there's some misunderstanding in regards to the taxation in New Brunswick and how it is, especially if you're an out-of-town investor. It's not a, a double tax because you do not live in New Brunswick. Are you a real estate investor looking to sharpen your skills or a newbie looking to become one? You're in the right place. Welcome to Where Should I Invest? Real Estate Investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larby. Welcome back to another episode of Where Should I Invest with Sarah Larby. I'm excited to have you back and you are going to be excited for today. We actually have a property manager that's going to talk about property managing, but you know he's actually from St. John, New Brunswick and covers the East Coast. It's actually quite interesting. I know some of you are interested in potentially looking out there for price cash flow or a better price or a cheaper price. And we had a really good conversation. One of the things I would say is just careful with the taxes, but it is really cool. So we've got Jeff Murray that is our guest on the show and he owns Canada Homes for Rents. It's a property management and leasing company. He founded it in 2004 and uh, he started it out of St. John, New Brunswick, but it's expanded to Moncton and Fredericton and other places throughout New Brunswick. So we talk a little bit about what it's like investing out that way as a local, but also as an investor from other provinces and also just information that we need to know if we're going to manage or hire a property manager to manage our tenants because that can make or break our whole experience in this. So I met him at, I believe it was the investor forum. And uh, we started talking and I was looking at these deals, like four plexes and 10 plexes that they had. And it is like so cheap in comparison to even Ontario. And so we just got talking and I said like, you know what, why don't you come on the podcast rather than just telling me the information, let's share it with the listeners and, uh, and just, you know, even just talk about property management in general, because there's tons of things that are applicable regardless of where you're going to be investing. So without further ado, guys, let's get on with our show. Jeff, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm uh, super excited. So first, before we get started and really talking about property management, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from and how you got into real estate? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jeff Murray from St. John, New Brunswick, uh, born and raised here and got involved in real estate probably maybe eight to nine years ago uh, when I bought my first investment property. It was from a buddy of mine who, is, uh, who had been investing in real estate for a little while and uh, sort of was like a mentor of mine. And uh, first few years, struggles like anybody learning the business of owning your own property, rules, things you can do, things you can't do, you know, collecting rent and dealing with upset tenants, stuff like that. And one of the things that I always seemed to succeed in, in was, uh, was keeping things full. And back in those days, anybody who does any reading on the real estate market in, in New Brunswick and in St. John especially, that long ago was, uh, it was in really bad shape. People were leaving the city like crazy, leaving for out west for, for better times and more work. And uh, so there wasn't exactly a great tenant base at the time, but I was always able to manage to, uh, to keep things full. And basically was in somebody's office one day and they had had a pamphlet that said Canada Homes for Rent on it. And I was kind of curious on what it was. And it turns out it was a property management business. Didn't really know what property management was, honestly, at that moment. And uh, it was something that he had started, but never really did much with. 
And uh, so I saw an opportunity to like, a, I'm a kind of an entrepreneur at heart, I guess, always looking for the next thing to do or, or see. And basically bought the idea from it, bought the name and came home, told my wife that I, uh, we're in the property management business. And, uh, <laughs> what'd she it, say? Uh, it, well, it was, it wasn't exactly, uh, wasn't exactly, uh, the most, it wasn't the best thing I probably could have said, but, uh, <laughs> it, uh, you know, a couple of years in it, um, it was a struggle the first couple of years. We, we really learned our way with, with what our core business was going to be. And at that time it was renting single family homes. There was a lot of people that couldn't sell their homes and they were moving out West, as I had mentioned, and, and houses weren't selling either. So we would turn to renting them and um, it was popular. It did well. I was working another job and still doing that, trying to build my business and uh, probably built it up to 70 or 80 houses at one time uh, before we, we then started hiring people and, and built it up to, uh, to what we have today. Okay. So now, sorry, how long ago was this? So that would have been Canada Homes, but it's seven years now. So been investing in real estate for about eight to nine years. And then a couple of years after that is when I got into Canada Homes and, and got into the management side of things and leasing. And okay. now we're into a, just about every different thing that, that, that offers in the real estate business. So just out of curiosity, how many units are you managing right now? Uh, just about a thousand. Wow. A thousand. Yeah. So you must not be doing it just with your wife anymore. <laughs> not at all. No, no. We're, uh, we're a staff of about 28 people. Just a mixture of property managers, maintenance, renovations. You got admin staff. You have regional director. We have controller, bookkeeper. You know, we have a, an on a marketer and graphic designer. Um, so it takes a lot of, a lot of, a lot of hands and a lot of, uh, people with different backgrounds to make it successful. And then not only that, but then to keep it rolling. It's one thing to, to get a building to manage or a house to manage. It's another to keep that house for five or that building for five, six, 10, 15 years, managing it um, and managing it successfully, successfully. I'm still, this is something I'm very proud of. I still managed my very first house I ever managed. <laughs> I'm very happy to say that. So that's good. That's, that's good. That, yeah. Yeah. Now, now it, how many, how many are like, are these a thousand investors or are these like a hundred investors? No, not, like, not, not like, at all. No, there's probably, I think my last count is probably about 186 different owners. Okay. So you have a mixture. If you have like, we, we deal with people all walks of life. Like you have investors who are, they're there, they're, they're, they're there to make money. That's what they're there to do. You have sort of the other type of investor, which has got like, maybe like, a, I don't know, a two unit, maybe a fourplex, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have the, the homeowner. They're not an investor. They don't want to necessarily rent their house, but because of real estate circumstances and maybe their own circumstances, they have to. So they're trying to get as much money back as they can up from their cost of their home. And so you have to have the ability to, to deal with every one of those folks a little bit differently. Not, not all are the same. Right. No, you're, you got a good point. So how do you acquire a lot of these investors or customers? Yeah, so my first probably big break, I, I went to the Real Estate Investors Forum in Toronto. And that was about five years ago was my first one. Didn't know what to expect. Was told that if, you know, in order to grow my business, I had to go to these things. So I went, I, I put up a booth and, and I was fortunate enough to meet a lady there that, that had uh, a good amount of doors in the city that 
that was having a tough time. Uh, she was, uh, um, you know, the finances were not that great. And uh, we still ha- have them as a client today. I was able to sign them up within three to four months of, of meeting her for the first time. And uh, that was that was sort of the first big break. And then once once my signs started going up and you start to meet more real estate agents and you just start to meet more people in the in the industry, referrals are the name of the game. No doubt about it. You right. do a good job. People refer you. No different than a real estate agent or if you're partnering in real estate, if you're looking to, you know, have people invest their money. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're successful and you do a good job and you're honest, uh, the work tends to come to you. Like, that's just how it's been. We haven't had to really do a significant amount of advertising in the last two to three years. It's been some natural growth, which is nice. Absolutely. So you've obviously grown quite quickly and you've grown through referrals. So obviously, you know, people are happy and and you're doing the right thing. What does a property manager that's a good property manager, what are some of the things that they do or that they should do to be successful with Um, I think... Yeah, so I would say there's a couple different answers, I guess, for that. One is we are open about this is that we do not want to put anybody in a situation where they're going to buy something that's not going to be successful. Canada Homes has not grown to a thousand units by having somebody buy a property, it be unsuccessful, and then not buy in the area where I manage again. Mm-hmm. That is like that is the biggest one. It's, it's the key is, is to making sure like if somebody's going to look at a place and they want to get your honest opinion on it, you best give them the best opinion possible that it's going to give them a chance to succeed. Okay. The other thing is that when somebody purchases the property is managing it in a manner where it's going to give it the best ability to succeed, whether that's keeping an eye on market rents to making sure that your market rents are always at par. They're always being risen to the next available status that it can be whether it's cutting costs and, and trying to keep things, the costs under control, because that, that is something that's difficult to do, especially when it comes to the costs that aren't so fixed. So that, that's kind of the, the, the big things there. Okay. No, that's, that's some great answers. Now, I was just always curious about this. So you're a property manager, you're managing a thousand units, you've got almost 200 investors. Let's just say I'm an investor with 10 properties and I want to sell my portfolio do you have other investors? Like, does this stuff also happen off market where you're going to be saying, hey, let me reach out to this other investor. He might be or she might be interested in purchasing your portfolio and do deals happen like that through you? Where should I invest with your host, Sarah Larvey? We'll be right back. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a quick moment and pause the podcast interview here because I wanted to introduce you to Dahlia Barsoom of Streetwise Mortgages. I am a big believer, as you guys probably have heard, work with a mortgage broker. They are going to help you scale. And when I was first growing in real estate investing and looking to buy my second property and my third property, I was going directly to the bank then. I hadn't met Dahlia yet. And I actually was hitting a roadblock when it came to financing because the bank started asking me for 25% as the down payment. And then for my third property, they wanted 35%. And it was really, really hard for me to A, understand why it was creeping up like that. And B, I didn't have 35% to put down. I had 20%. And luckily, I actually met Dahlia at that point in time. And Dahlia is actually an investor herself. And she's works with many, many investors. 
and she knows all the pitfalls and the barriers that normally come up with dealing directly with a bank and all the different lenders. And Dahlia was actually able to not just find me proper alternatives, but I've got nine properties now and I'm still able to get financing with A lenders and it allows me to be able to scale up without hitting the financing wall. And so she's been a tremendous help. So the other thing I really, really enjoy is Dahlia also does a free goals analysis. So if you go to either my website or her website, streetwisemortgages.com, mention the podcast and ask for the free goals analysis. It was a game changer for me. And it allowed me to actually understand what I needed to do, how many properties I was going to get because of the cash flow that I was looking for. If you guys wanted to reach out to Dahlia, you can reach out to her by email, which is info at streetwisemortgages.com. Or you can actually reach out to her on the website at streetwisemortgages.com and then just go to the contact section. And you can also call her at 1-800-208-6255. Thanks for listening and back to the show. Back to the show. Where should I invest? Real estate investing in Canada with your host, Sarah Larvey. I haven't had any. However, within the last year or so, this has been a little more common. Prior to that, I had never really had anybody that was looking to sell per se, mm-hmm. usually, uh, except for a single family house that somebody was uh, looking to finally sell as the market came around. Uh, but recently, now that we've had some folks that have openly said, you know what, maybe it's time that I, that I sell or anything like that, we've pitched a few. And you know, for some situations, they may not have just worked out for that particular person. But the, the opportunities are certainly more there now than they've been before. Okay. And I like that because I've got a little more insight into how the thing has been run and how it's how it uh, looks really. Because when it comes to purchasing a, a, a property, anybody who has bought one in the past knows that when they when they write on the piece of paper, when you get the documentation that says, you know, your rents are this much, and this is how much my costs are, you really find out how much the costs are once you own it. Like that's when stuff comes out even if you want to say the truth comes out sometimes you're fortunate enough that what was written there is is really accurate and but other times it's not i've had we've been on the receiving end of some places that the documentation was there they proved this and that then uh three four months down the road you find out that gosh you know my costs are four or five six hundred dollars more than what was anticipated so yeah are you referring to like maintenance costs or are you referring to utilities Utilities, utilities is a big one. Maintenance costs are tough. Yeah, you know, they really are. I mean, it's a it's a crapshoot. A lot of uh, investors will use ten percent or the fifteen percent rule or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you'll find out what it's going to cost when you own it. That's just <laughs> how it works. Utilities is a big one though. Like out east here, there's a lot of oil heating, so uh, not electric baseboard and not not a lot of natural gas, but a lot of oil. And they'll put those costs in. Let's say. They put them in at $5,000, but all it takes them to do is to leave out a few receipts and there, there's my utility costs are lower than what was, what I, what I thought. So, and the mm-hmm. next thing you know, you find out when you start to fill that oil barrel again, is how much it really going to cost you. So that's, that's kind of the unfortunate things about it. But I mean, there's risk to any, anything. Mm-hmm. Those are just the types of things that, that I've seen anyway. Right. So, okay. So I, I'm an investor, obviously I, I'm in Ontario and your market seems attractive because of the 
low house prices. And I think we were talking in the forum and the taxes yeah. <laughs> are insane. So can we just talk yeah. about your, the market that you're, you're doing the property management in and out East and what a property Good. might be worth, what a fourplex might be worth or like a single family. And then what, what the taxes are because I, I was looking at them and I almost like, I don't know. I, I It'll just, knock people under the chair. The one thing I will tell, and I really want to make sure that people understand this because a lot, there's, there's some misunderstanding in regards to the taxation in New Brunswick and how it is, especially if you're an out of town investor. It's not a, a double tax because you do not live in New Brunswick. Uh, it's non-owner occupied is how they determine it, okay? So if uh, you buy or if I buy a three, uh, a triplex, fourplex, whatever, and we obviously are not going to live in it, or this is a single family house or whatever, instead of getting the provincial tax rate credited on your tax bill, it's not credited at all. And then essentially, it's called the double tax. You're basically just not getting the credit back on the provincial portion that you would if you were an owner occupied or a homeowner. Okay. So even like I invest in other properties, I too pay that same double tax that uh, you would or anybody else does. So that's something that always comes up. A lot of people think that it's, it's a tax that, that, that we, that New Brunswick does for anybody who does not live in New Brunswick. Not the case. Uh, people who own uh, summer cottages in, in, in New Brunswick and you live in New Brunswick pay the, the double tax. So, that's something that I just wanted to make sure that everybody understands and is aware of. That's, that's how that works. So let's get some examples right. of that. So, you know, like a yeah. typical fourplex, like I know you, like there's tons of different prices, but just like average fourplex and average tax, are you able to share something like that? Yeah. So I, I I'll just share one with you. I, I've got uh, one myself that is a, it's a fourplex. It, uh, the assessment on it is about 145000 It's probably worth that or a little bit more. Not a lot of appreciation here in New Brunswick. And the tax bill on that is about 4400 Okay, So it's high. That being said, the rents in which I get for those four units, I use the word justify the tax bill. That's kind of... the. the that's how the best way I could describe it to people mm -hmm. is as long as like the taxes are, are, are a high expense, but as long as the revenue is there, then that's where in your, in your cash flowing, then at the end of the day, it doesn't really much matter. It's like driving a car. The yeah. Gas part fluctuate, you know, gas is expensive. Right. You know, and 4,400 doesn't seem as high as like some of the other ones. I think I was looking at. There's some, so there's, there's certainly some that are a lot more like if you've got a, if you've got a building that, uh, let me see, it probably maybe assesses at four or five hundred thousand, uh, you're probably staring at sixteen to seventeen thousand dollars in taxes. Yeah, that's what I kind of remember seeing. Yep. But yep. again, you, you know, the rents could still cover it. You just gotta really look at the cash flow and the numbers and everything. You, that's right. And some people, you know, they're they're looking at a they'll look at a real estate listing, for instance, right? And the real estate listing doesn't do a great job of showing the revenue. I find they don't anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you're an investor, you're, you know, you're just quickly looking and boom, you see the tax bill and you're like, Jesus, that's it. And you just shut it down. 
before you even get a chance to see what the revenue is. So I encourage people that don't just look at the tax bill and then just blank yourself out of a potential good possibility here. Look at your revenues and and just see what uh, what there is to it. There's a lot, you know, the, the hidden gems in New Brunswick are the ones that are what I call owner managed. They're typically lower rents. So there's always an, a, a chance to increase rents almost immediately to gain extra revenue. And they're typically with tenants that have been long-term uh, that aren't looking to move or anything like that. But a lot of owner managed units, you know, they, they're not looking at market rents. They're just happy to have people in there. The rents are being collected. They're paying their mortgage down. Maybe they don't even have a mortgage, those sorts of things. Those are the great, like the real good buildings I find around here to gather up on. That's interesting because in Ontario, even if you take over a building, you can't just go ahead and like double the rents or, or whatnot. Like you're, you're restricted. Yeah. And so this year it's like 100%, yeah. thanks to the government. Anyways, yep. so how so, is it <laughs> out where you are? Yeah. So welcome to New Brunswick. You've got high taxes, but you've got a lot more ability to increase your revenue. So if you have a tenant that has been living in a property for less than five years, you're only required to give 60 days written notice at the beginning of the month. So it's 60 calendar days. So it's two months notice. And for the most part, it's not restricted to the amount. Okay. So I could raise it to $300. doesn't matter. That being said, we have run across some situations where if it's considered to be like outrageous or not justified or anything like that, and we can't put up a good case on why we've raised it this much. Sometimes the Tennessee Tribunal, as it's called now, will get involved and uh, could potentially ax that. You may have to start from square one. I've never had it happen to me. I've raised some rents up to $175 mm-hmm. for, uh, with a new takeover and have had no, no issues. Now, mind you, for the most part, you'll likely have some vacancies. Chances are people are not going to stay. But if you've got a building that you've just, you've just purchased, the rents are below market value and they have to come up, then, you know, you do it. Likely, you're going to be able to fill them no problem anyway. And for the most part, too, if, if people see that 175, anybody who's smart will go look in the market, see what's out there. They'll realize they were getting a great deal anyway, and they'll maybe even end up staying. So mm-hmm. that's, uh, that's sort of it. Uh, and I did say under five years. Anybody over five years, so if they live there for five years or more, you have to give 90 days. Okay. Okay, which uh, there's is no, really there's fair. No percentage. It is. It, it is. It's, there's no percentage based or anything of that nature, but just simply, you've just got to make sure that you're giving it at the, at the first of the month. So you can't give it on like May the 2nd, for instance. Okay, got it. Yep. So now, yep. what's the vacancy rate there? Uh, we're sitting about 3 to 4%. Canada Homes as a company is about 3 And then across the province, we're about 4 It fluctuates. It goes up and down a little bit, but it's been about three or four the last little while. The last CMHC ratings, I believe, was is almost four percent. Okay, which is not—I mean, yeah. it's not definitely not horrible. No, not at all. In fact, I have—I have said this on a number of occasions, especially when I go to the investors forum, that New Brunswick is a good place to invest. There's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, tenants. There's just a lot of tenants. People um, don't make good enough money to own a home in a lot of cases, and people are so bad with money that it's hard for them to own homes. So therefore they have to rent like, and a lot of call center jobs, especially in St. John where those call center jobs are 
are renters. That's what they are. They're tenants. And um, so there's lots and lots of ability out there, you know, and, and lots of, uh, lots of people to rent your spaces. That's interesting. So, so Jeff, so I'm an investor from Ontario. I don't know really anything about New Brunswick other than what you're telling me. How do yeah. I find a house, find the right neighborhood, you know, find the right price? Like where do you come into play in all of this? Sure. So we've, we've come into play in a, in a couple of different areas. We've had people like yourself contact, contact us directly and we will go and look at places and assist in the process, you know, as moving forward, giving our two cents on a, what do we feel the, the market rents would be for the particular property to perhaps any renovation costs that may be needed. Um, we're finding that more and more now as less and less turnkey opportunities are available. So the turnkey possibilities are there, but the pricing is going up. So therefore those opportunities where there's a property that could use some could use some love. We'll give our, our two cents on what we feel that those renovation costs will be. And then ultimately what those rents will be and what to anticipate as far as the type of tenant and all those sorts of things. Hmm. Okay. Uh, and we'll also, we deal with a number of different uh, real estate agents in the areas as well who can produce different properties to look at and that sort of thing. Okay. All right. Good. Just, and just out of curiosity, are you charging for, this as a package to find the properties, to manage them, put the tenants in? We, we don't. So that is something that we do as a courtesy, maybe, okay. uh, to, to investors to basically uh, gain their trust, I, I guess, is the fact that I, I want to make sure that they're going to get the best property they can, giving them the best opportunity to make money they can. And when it comes to somebody from outside the province or outside of my city or anything like that, that's doing some investing, the trust factor. It's such like, I have a very, very good relationship with all of my owners. We can pick up the phone and call them at any moment and discuss things and, and have good conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, so don't see eye to eye as far as like where we should go next, but that comes with any business relationship. But we do have that very tight relationship with them. And, and it all begins with the, what are you, what can I do for you right now? And how can I assist? And that's something that we, we don't charge for. And I don't think I would ever see us charging for it. I, I just think that's a very good tool for us to, to gain, to, to start that relationship going. Okay. All right. Perfect. Now, out of all of your, you know, thousand plus units, almost 200 investors, like what percentage are not local? Uh, so not local. So at one time it was probably 3%. Like I had dealt with a lot of local owners back when, of course, when everybody was leaving. Now it's swung the other way. So there's probably about, I'm going to say 90%, maybe 85% that are outside the province. Okay. Uh, I have some that are outside the country. So yeah, there's certainly, we have a lot more of experience with that. Uh, right from, uh, we've got owners in Newfoundland, uh, right clear to BC. Wow. Okay. Amazing. Yep. Awesome. So you sound like you, uh, you've got lots of uh, great things going. You really, really know your market. Anything else that we should know about property management or New Brunswick in general? Yeah, it's, uh, New Brunswick is a tricky market. And just know your, know your areas. Back up your information as much as possible. Don't rely on any one person, whatever they happen to say. You know, get a couple of different opinions before you buy. Get references and referrals. And I say that because probably 10 years ago, 12 years ago, there was, it was a very, pretty big boom going on here. 
especially in St. John. And uh, there's people got taken advantage of, unfortunately, and it didn't go that well for them. And I, uh, we hate to see that because it just doesn't, it gives people a sour taste in their mouth about a particular area. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's, that's the big thing is just, you know, don't even take my word for it. Get, get, get other people's opinions. Uh, you know, I'm one person and running a management business in this province and uh, there's lots of other people that have different opinions uh, than I do. I know what's worked for us and what's worked for my owners. Uh, but not, that, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for everybody. So that, that's kind of the big thing for me. Okay, perfect. Thanks for sharing that. So Jeff, the next part of this podcast is our lightning round. So I'm going to ask you five questions and you're going to give an answer within 30 seconds. Are you ready? Sure. All right. So question number one, Jeff, what is your favorite real estate investing book ever? My favorite real estate investing book ever. It's like a binder actually. And it was a property management binder I got from Rain. And it had so much great information in it, and I still use it today. Okay, awesome. Number two, what is your favorite podcast? This one, of course. <laughs> so other than this one, do you have another one? Uh, can I have my own? Because we actually had our own for a little while. Yeah, sure. <laughs> called, uh, I forget what we called it. To the point, investing in New Brunswick. I think that's what it was called. All right, very cool. Is it on iTunes? No, but it is on our YouTube channel. So if you go to YouTube, search Canada Homes for Rent, myself and Jason Fillmore. Basically, had, I think we did seven or eight episodes. It's kind of, we, we, it was on Facebook Live. It was a lot of fun that we did. Uh, but anybody wants to, that we did some things on pest control and some, a lot of other things. There were some good, some good guests. We did insurance, stuff like that. Okay, excellent. So question number three, what do you do for fun aside from real estate and property management? And property management, uh, I, we do like to travel as a family. We have a cruise coming up, and I'm also big into baseball. Love the Phillies, and uh, I play a little bit of softball as well. All right, excellent. Yeah, you're wearing the Philly shirt for those that uh, can't yeah. see it. <laughs> Very cool. So number four, if you lost all your money and your assets tomorrow, how would you start again? You know, I've always been, uh, my, my dad developed a pretty good work, work ethic in me. Um, and just working hard at whatever you had. So I would, I would just go right back to the basics when I, when I started my management business and replying to Kijiji ads for people that were trying to rent their own properties and selling myself that way. And that's how, that's the way I did it back then. And, and, and it, look where it got me now. So that's Perfect. probably what I do. Yeah. Great answer. And last question, number five, if somebody has $50,000 and they want to get started, how would you recommend that they spend it? Well, 50000 around here would actually, that's a pretty good uh, uh, chunk of change to get going with. It gives you a pretty good uh, deposit to work with. So I would probably say that we'd begin looking at, uh, uh, you know, four plexes and six plexes uh, that you can pick up at a price range that that $50,000 would uh, would uh, take you the furthest. So that that's probably where we'd start. All right. Excellent. Yeah. You're 150 to $200,000 fourplexes and sixplexes, right? <laughs> That's right. Exactly. Right. You go 20% down. <laughs> Plus uh, closing costs. Awesome. Jeff, where can listeners find you if they wanted to reach out and know more about you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, our website is www.chfr.ca. Uh, so you can Google us. You can find us that way. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. Uh, team CHFR, uh, where we've uh, we've got different videos on our some of the podcasts that we've done, as well as uh, different properties. Uh, we have a Facebook page, and we're on Instagram. And myself, I'm on LinkedIn. If you want to look me up, if you have any questions, 
Um, you can get me by email at jeff at canadahomesforrent.ca. Um, always available to chat. Anybody has any questions or, or just, just, yeah, basically just general questions about the area or anything at all, please let me know. Amazing. And any final word of advice for the listeners? Um, yeah, I, I, I look forward to, to, to hearing and seeing uh, some folks. Please let me know that you heard us on, on the show. I'd love to know. Don't be shy. Take a trip down. There's uh, lots of opportunities always popping up from time to time, some better than others. Uh, but it's, it's a hot market right now. It's, it's been really, really pushing hard for the last probably three to four years and within the last couple of years especially. And so there's lots of folks coming from outside the province that are looking to invest in this area as real estate continues to rise in, in the Ontario and the, the BC markets and the Alberta to a lesser extent now, but it's coming. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you very much, Jeff, for being on Where Should I Invest. Really appreciate your insight. And uh, if I'm, I am ever out that way, I will be sure to reach out. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks very much. Hey guys, before you go, I wanted to ask you a question. What's stopping you from starting or growing your own real estate investment portfolio? I know for me, before I started, I had plenty of reasons and at the time they all seemed very valid, but as I started my journey, these reasons slowly fell away and eventually only one reason remained. What was actually stopping me was having a proven, actionable, repeatable system. I didn't have that. And the way that was going to change was by investing in myself, learning, listening, and looking for ways that worked. And also, most importantly, discovering what didn't and not making those mistakes again. Fast forward to today, I now have a proven, repeatable series of action steps that has enabled me to build my seven-figure portfolio consisting of multiple homes, and I'm able to manage that in two to three hours a month. Is that something that you would want? Well, I've actually taken all the knowledge I've accumulated and put that into a comprehensive step-by-step -step online program. It's called Rise, and it's a program that will help you from where you are now to where you want to be faster and with less of the headaches that I had. So it consists of all the templates and the resources that I use, plus over 40 instructional videos that you get lifetime access to for just a small one-time investment. And you know, my recommendation is to make the time now to invest in yourself and grow your portfolio to seven figures so that you can bring your retirement dreams closer. If you want some more information about Rise, just go to sarahlarby.com forward slash R-I-S-E to access more details and book your spot. Thanks so much for listening to Where Should I Invest with your host, Sarah Larby. Make sure to listen in next time. We'll catch you on the next episode of Where Should I Invest.